Well, here's something that you probably never really stop to think about, especially if you are a single person. But every single Friday night, every single Saturday night, all over our city and all over cities, all throughout our country and all throughout our world, um, single people come together and a bride puts on a dress and she looks as beautiful as she has ever looked in her entire life. And a groom um, gets all dressed up and looks way more handsome than he actually is. Oftentimes they gather in front of an altar, they hold hands, they look into each other's eyes, they exchange rings, and a person like me or somebody else says, repeat after me. And single people look at each other and they make promises to each other that they can't keep. Now they mean to, right? They mean to. They're not, it's not that they're lying, right? They mean well. But what happens is that they have overlooked a a principle that um, in every other area of life, all of us actually understand incredibly well. It's something we're so familiar with. Um, And the principle is is simply this, um, that listen, a promise is no substitute for preparation. Now, um, we understand this in every single area of life, in academics, in athletics, right? Professionally, we understand this. Um, but, but again, for some reason, um, relationally, we don't, we don't apply this, right? If you're a long-distance runner, if you've ever entered a marathon, you understand this because you, you know, right, the thing that's going to determine whether or not you actually finish that race, um, it has nothing to do with you signing um, that entry form. It has nothing to do with you promising um, to, to finish the race. It has everything to do with how you prepared, Right? And yet, for some reason, even though all of us, right, all of us know this is true in so many areas of life, um, we, for whatever reason, um, relationally, we tend to think that somehow um, that we can actually promise our way past preparation. Right? And, and yet, the truth is, um, that never works. That never happens. Right? And so, um, you know, my, my heart for you and my, um, my reason for doing this series with you um, and, and talking about this for several weeks um, is, is because, listen, um, saying I do um, does not make you able. Does not make you able. It just makes you accountable. And when you are accountable for something that you are not able to do, you are miserable. And I don't want you to be miserable. Right? I don't want you to be miserable. I want you to be able to be prepared. Right? I, I want you to be ready. I want you to be able to look another person in the eyes someday and say, I do, and actually be able to do. Right? And that's why we're spending four weeks together in this series. Now, throughout this series, um, what, what I've tried to challenge us all to think about um, is, is just this simple dynamic. Right? Am I out there? Am I trying to find someone um, or am I becoming someone, right? Am I becoming someone? Now, this is the third week of our series together, and this is a series that's specifically for single people. It's for students. It's for people who are dating, people who are thinking about dating. It's for people who are dating again or who are single again. And hopefully by now, you've also discovered that if you happen to be married and you want to make your relationship better, um, then this series is for you as well. Now, throughout this series, I've been trying to get all of us to just pause for a minute and ask a very simple, um, very, uh, very basic question. And the question is simply this, right? Am I the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? And if you're married, right, here's your version. Am I still, right, am I still the person that the person I was looking for is looking for? And the challenge 
uh, that comes with a topic like this, and, and I understand this, and I'll be honest, I don't know how to communicate this any better than this, and I'm sure there's a better way to say this, um, but the problem is this. You are never going to be less motivated than right now to actually try to answer either of these questions, right? Never less motivated than right now to answer this. Because the reason people get motivated to answer these questions is because they get into a difficult relationship or they find themselves in the middle of a very difficult marriage. And then suddenly we are really, really motivated, right? Um, but, but I'm your pastor and, and, and I love you and I actually want you to think about these questions now Right? Because now, even though you may not be motivated right now, you have a lot, you have time. Right? You will never have, you, might be ne- you may never be less motivated than right now to answer these questions. You will never have more time than you do right now to answer these questions. And, and so really t- today, um, and the bottom line of today's message, in case you missed it or I put you to sleep, whichever one happens, right? I just want you to prepare to commit. Right? I just want you to prepare to commit. That's all I'm asking for you to do. I want you to prepare to commit so that one day when you do make a commitment, when you do make a promise, you're going to be able to say I do and actually be able to do. Now, um, the other thing that's interesting about this, again, and if you look at people who, who kind of get into this a little bit um, and really take it seriously, the other thing that's kind of interesting about this is that if you make a decision, right, to prepare to commit to, to be in a marriage or to be married someday, it is highly, highly, highly unlikely that you will end up marrying someone who has not also already taken the time for them to prepare to commit as well. And so um, today what we're going to do together is we're going to jump into uh, some scripture. And the fascinating thing, uh, again, probably no surprise, um, none of you would probably argue, probably none of you watching right now would argue with anything that I've said so far. Right? You probably all know um, about this understanding of, uh, of needing to prepare for something when it comes to academics, when it comes to athletics, when it comes to music. Um, you, you pretty much all know that. Um, you probably wouldn't even argue with me that this is probably also true, um, right? That this idea is probably also true relationally, and this is significant relationally as well. Um, but the fascinating thing, at least to, to me, is this. Um, none of this is actually new. Right? None of this is new. In fact, 3,000 years ago, right, Solomon, right, next to Jesus, the wisest person who's ever lived, 3,000 years ago, um, Solomon, the third king of Israel, actually speaks directly into this dynamic. And so um, my hope today, what we will do is we're, I want to spend um, part of our time jumping into to some of what Solomon says to us regarding this whole dynamic and this principle. Um, and, and then uh, I'm going to give you uh, some very, very very specific application steps uh, about how you can um, take what we're going to talk about, what Solomon's going to talk about, and how you can actually um, prepare, right? How you can prepare to commit, to prepare to become the person, the person that you're looking for is looking for. Now, these first section of Proverbs that we're going to look at is found actually in Proverbs chapter 14. And in this section of Proverbs, Solomon uses a word that we don't really use too much in our world today anymore. Um, and the word is right here. It's this word prudent, right? Not prude, um, but prudent. And a prudent person is a person who understands that all of life is connected. Right, a prudent person understands um, that what happened yesterday is, in fact, going to end up impacting my tomorrow. 
A prudent person understands what we said in the very first week, that at some point, this present moment is going to end up becoming a past moment in my life, and that past moment in my life is going to show up again at some point in my future. Uh, The prudent person understands, right, the direction that you happen to be going in right now in life is usually a pretty good indication of where you're going to eventually end up. This is what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 8. He says it this way. He says, the wisdom of the prudent, right, the future-oriented person, is to give thought to their ways, right? Now, ways are patterns, right? Ways are trends. Ways are, are behaviors, right? Ways are, are paths, Right? Solomon's saying, listen, the prudent person, um, they actually pay attention to paths, not to promises, not to commitments, because the truth is, those things really don't tell you very much. They don't indicate very much. Instead, um, Solomon says, they pay attention to paths, but the foolish person, right, the, the folly or the stupidity of, of the fool is deception. Now, On its own, this last statement right here probably doesn't mean a whole lot, but when you kind of compare and contrast these, right, which is what Proverbs are, um, if you've studied Proverbs before, you know that. If you happen to be doing our study online on YouTube right now with Eric Farrell through the book of Proverbs, then undoubtedly you kind of bumped into this dynamic. Um, Proverbs are generally two statements that when you contrast them make a very specific point, right? And, And here's the point. Um, where the prudent person is constantly um, examining and evaluating and, and they're constantly looking at their patterns, their ways, their behaviors, um, their trends, and kind of the direction that life is moving in general, right? The, the fool, on the other hand, doesn't pay attention to those things because the fool thinks that, um, that well, good things are just going to happen. Right? That's the deception. That I actually don't have to pay attention to any of those things because good things are just going to end up happening to me. Right? So there's no point in trying to understand. There's no point in evaluating. There's no point in in trying to think about where am I going to head up or end up because of where I currently am. A little bit later on, Solomon says it this way. This is even more to the point. Um, He says, the prudent, right, see danger and they take refuge, right? The the prudent person understands I'm on a path right now, and and the path that I'm going eventually is going to bring me here, and when I'm on this path, if I stay on this path, this is where I'm going to end up being, and so I want the prudent person sees this, and they want to get off of this path, right? And then Solomon points out, and he contrasts this, and he says, but, he continues, but the simple, Right? But the simple. Now, he introduces us to another character, another type of person. If you were with us earlier this summer for our series, Wisdom Says, you might remember this category. Right? And Solomon is saying the simple. Right? And this isn't, uh, this isn't Solomon making fun of anybody. This isn't Solomon condemning anybody. Solomon isn't trying to, to be um, degrading or, or mean. He's simply setting up a contrast. Right? He wants us to understand um, that the simple person lacks something that the prudent person has. The simple person um, just lacks knowledge. Right? They lack knowledge. They're not bad. They're not evil. They're not trying to, to ruin their life. The simple person simply lacks knowledge. And so because of that, when the simple person is on this path, they just keep going. 
Because, see, they thought they could commit themselves to something else. They thought they could make a promise and somehow change the destination. And Solomon says because of that, they keep going because they were deceived. They listened and they believed a lie, a deception. They, they were deceived and consequently they end up suffering for it. And then Solomon says something that all of us, right, all of us, if you've ever been in love before, this is hard to admit, right, but this is true of every single one of us. The simple believe anything, right? Isn't that true? When you're in love, right, isn't it true? Don't you get kind of simple? When you're in love, aren't you tempted, right, to believe anything, I mean, that's part of the nature of actually being in love. It's not bad. It, it, it's normal. We all kind of get simple when we find ourselves in love. And this is a big part of the reason why uh, I want to talk to you about this subject. And this is why I want you to prepare to commit now before you actually fall in love and before you're tempted to just believe anything. One of the most um, heartbreaking experiences sometimes that Autumn and I... Uh, get to participate in um, w with couples uh, is when we sit down and, and we talk to a, a young couple. Um, and, and this is actually something that we love to do. And thankfully, this doesn't, what I'm going to tell you, doesn't actually happen very often. Um, but a, a couple oftentimes will want to talk with us and meet with us. Um, they're thinking about getting married, thinking about getting engaged, or maybe they just recently got um, married, and they just kind of want to talk to us about what it means to be married. And, and because of where we're at in, in stage of life and ministry now, this is something that we really look forward to having the chance to do. And, and so many times, so many times, those are um, incredible conversations, and, and we come away from those um, just thankful and excited for what it is that God is doing. But every once in a while, there's this, like, heartbreaking moment because you you listen um, to, to, to a person, right, and, and they start, like, literally explaining away, you know, not, not their past, right, not past behavior. No, they start explaining away the present. They, they start explaining away the present and persisted behavior, and they say, say things like, well, you know, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, um, but she, but she, but she, but he, but he. But now they promise, now she promises, it's going to be different now because they're committing and they're going to commit and they promise it's going to change, right? It's going to, it's going to change, right? And, and see, the heartbreaking thing about that, at least for me, and, and I won't speak for Autumn, the heartbreaking thing is, is you know this couple is just, they love each other so much, but they're so tempted to believe anything. Because it's like, okay, how, how much debt did you say you had? And how long have you been divorced? I mean, like, really? Like, how, how long? Right? Because the truth is, listen, all of us, when we're in love, this happens with, happens with me, happens with all of us, when we're in love, we're just tempted, right? Aren't we to believe anything? Listen to what Solomon says next. The simple, right, believe anything, but the prudent they give thought to their steps. Now, let me tell you why steps is such an important word in this proverb. Because when you look at a person's steps, you can see where they're going. Right? The, the question, when you're dating someone, when you're thinking about dating someone, um, the, the question to ask right, is not um, what has the person promised the question to ask yourself is where has the person 
been and where is that person going? And see, listen, if you're committed to this idea, right, of becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, right, if you're committed to this idea of preparing um, to commit, right, uh, here's what I'm asking. I'll be very, very clear. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to commit to a relationship, and I'm not asking you to commit to a marriage. I'm not asking you to commit to any of those things. I'm asking you to commit to a process. That's what I'm asking you to commit to. I want you to commit now so that you can become someone who can actually keep their commitments later. Right? That's, if you're a single person, this is what I'm asking. Commit now, this is the goal, commit now to becoming someone who can actually keep their commitments later. Now, here's what I want us to do for the kind of remaining few minutes that we have um, in our time together today. I'm going to give you um, six, right, six, six very, very, very specific, right, very specific um, applications of uh, these Proverbs that we've looked at from Solomon, some single people assignments, okay, and I want to attach to each of them a, a section of scripture, and here's what I'm asking you to do, um, and, and married people, many of these apply to you as well, not all of them, um, but I'm telling you the ones that apply to you, if you, again, you do these, you commit to these, the happiness factor of your marriage relationship will greatly increase, okay? So, but here's what I'm asking you to commit to doing. As you think about becoming the person or still becoming the person, still being the person the person you're looking for is looking for, I want you to memorize these six scriptures. Now, I understand that might be a big ask, okay? But it's through these six scriptures that are connected to these applications. This is how the Holy Spirit's going to renew your mind and renew your heart. This is how your Heavenly Father is going to begin to work in you to change you and to renew the person you are so that you can become the person the person you're looking for is looking for. Now, the first one I'm going to start with is the biggest one, and that, that is this. I want you to confront your past. Right, confront your past. Commit your ways to the Lord, and he will act. It's an incredible promise, right? Now, here's what this, and I understand, this is like a huge topic. This is a whole series of messages right here, okay? So let me kind of narrow this down a little bit and put it into its proper perspective for our time today. Let me share with you this quote. If you attempt to build intimacy with a person, before you've done the hard work of becoming a whole and healthy person, every relationship, every relationship, let me say that again, every relationship will be an attempt to complete the whole in your heart. Okay, here's what they're saying. Listen, if you attempt to move towards intimacy in dating, right? This is not physical intimacy. They're talking about relational intimacy. The idea that, you know, you're the one for, for me and I'm the one for you. If you attempt to build that kind of relational intimacy with another person before you do the hard work of becoming a whole person yourself, every single relationship that you're in is going to feel like it's got a hole in it. Right? That's what they're saying. Listen, I'm telling you, you will never be less motivated than right now to start working on this. You will never have more time. You will never have more time. Let me illustrate this for you and, and kind of um, try to draw this out a little bit. 
Um, for all of us, right, as you grow up and as you move forward, right, here's you. Um, this is you as a person now, and then there's your past, right? There's your past. And somewhere between now and your past, for all of us, there's all this stuff, right? There's this emotion, there's this history, there's this angst, right? There's, there's these issues back there. And for many of us, right, for many of us, understand um, that this includes this past and this emotional past, especially this includes issues with our parents, right? Because he wasn't there, she wasn't there, she left, he left, they weren't invested, um, they didn't pay attention, they weren't involved, right? Whatever those things are, okay? So now, and some of you, you're tempted to say, okay, it's fine, like Joe, it's fine, I put that behind me, it's fine now, right? Listen, if you don't talk to your living parents, okay, hello, okay, that should be a big clue that there's something going on here, okay? And here's why this is such a big deal. Because listen, when you get married, right, when you get married, here's what happens. Your spouse catches this, right? That's what happens. Your spouse catches all of this angst, all of this unresolved, all of this drama from your past. And, and here's what happens, right? This is you, and this is your spouse, right? And, and your spouse says things like, okay, all I said was, or all I meant was, right? And, and you're sitting here, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I, I don't know why in the world they won't just shape up. Like, how, like, why won't they just get it together and shape up? Now, here's what makes this so bad. There's no winning this. Nobody wins this. Right, because when this is you, right, and this is your situation, right, um, they don't understand why you're so angry, and you don't understand why they can't figure it out. Nobody wins, right? Now, when this happens with smart couples, like married smart couples, um, unmarried smart, when this happens with smart couples, they go to counseling, right? They go to counseling because they understand that the, this isn't really about my spouse. This isn't even about me. This is about something going on in my past, either something knowingly or unknowingly that I'm carrying forward into my future, right? And so I just want to highly, highly encourage you. I said this last week, right? Go to our website, faithtroy.org forward slash care, Right, scroll down the middle of the page, get our list of, of counselors that we have vetted, that we work with, right, and, and talk to a counselor, right? I, as a single person, I, I promise you, the, this is the best, the single best thing that you can actually do to become a whole and healthy person. I realize you'll never be less motivated, but you will never have more time. Okay, number two. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Now, single people, many of you are not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Um, married people will agree with this, I think. Um, the, the key principle here, the borrower is always slave to the lender, right? You will never get out of debt faster than you will when you're a single person. You'll never get out of debt faster than you will when you're a single person. Married people, as great as marriage is, as great as your marriage is, no marriage, right? Because we talked about this last week. Marriage is about learning to love another person and to live with another person. And as great as your marriage is, that is hard, right? And no marriage needs the additional pressure that comes from having a couple of layers of dumb debt, 
right? Dumb debt. Here's what I mean by dumb debt. Debt for things that you bought that you don't know where they are. That's what I mean by dumb debt. Stuff that you bought, every month you're reminded, I bought it, I have no idea where it is, I have no idea what it is, right? It's dumb debt, right? It is dumb debt. Get out of dumb debt. You'll never do it quicker than when you're a single person. And listen, I understand this, right? Um, We're going to actually spend four weeks a little bit later on this fall talking about the pressure that comes from being lost financially, right? I mean, think about our world right now. Massive inflation pressure, massive economic uncertainty, huge student loans, incredible college tuition costs, right? I understand that. We're going to talk about that for four weeks, and we're going to talk about the peace, right, the peace and the freedom that's actually found by um, doing and implementing what it is that our Heavenly Father has to say to us about how we use and handle our money. I'm telling you, if as a couple, right, if you decide, okay, we love each other, we're going to get married, but we are not going to get married until we get rid of all of our dumb debt, you you will not believe how incredibly fast and creative you will get in dropping your dumb debt. This is one of the best preparations you can make, right, for getting ready to get married someday. Number three, I want you to break your habits. Break your habits. The one who conceals their sin will not prosper, but those who confess and abandons them, their sins, will find mercy and compassion. Single people, you will not believe this. Married people will say amen. Marriage is not designed to solve any problem. Marriage, let me say it again. Marriage is not designed to solve any problem. Marriage is like a magnifying glass, okay? In marriage, the good things get better and the bad things get worse. Okay, that's what marriage is. Marriage is not about solving problems. Listen, if you have a bad habit now, you're going to have a bad habit when you're married. If you drink too much now, you're going to drink too much then. If you have an addiction issue now, you're just going to have an addiction issue later and somebody else is going to be impacted or a bunch of somebody else's are going to be impacted by that addiction, whatever it is. Right? So you've got a porn habit, you've got a truth-telling habit, you've got a shopping habit, right? you have a gambling habit, whatever it is, marriage is not going to solve that habit. That's not what marriage is about. Okay, so break those habits now. If you think I'm overblowing this, flip it around. Don't you hope, I mean, in your heart of hearts, I mean, don't you hope that the, the girl you marry someday, the, the man you marry someday, don't you hope that before they marry you, they break their bad habits? Don't you hope that? Single people, I'm telling you, You'll never have more time. You'll never be less motivated. Break your habits. Okay, next. Number four, postpone the physical. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Okay, let me talk about this for a minute. Um, Because I've said this to you before. I've been doing this for a long time. Like, 25, 30 years talking to couples in various stages of of relationship. Let me tell you what I have never heard a single couple ever say to me, regardless of age or stage of life. I have never heard a couple say, um, you know, I think our relationship would have been better if we would have gotten more physical 
quicker. Never heard it. Never heard it. I have heard tons and tons and tons of couples, married couples, not married couples, couples that have broken up, couples who have gotten end up getting divorced. I've heard tons of couples who have said, listen, I think the thing that kind of killed our relationship or put all this pressure on our relationship is we just got too physical too fast. Okay, understand, listen, self, the reason this is such a big deal, self-control, right, I'm not making this up where you can, you can Google this for yourself, right, self-control before you're married leads to self-control after you're married. Okay, do you understand why? Because self-control is a habit. Self-control is a pathway. Self-control is a behavior, Right? The research is in. This is not new. This is well documented. Right? Self-control now leads to self-control once you're married. The best, one of the best things that you can actually do for your future marriage is to date somebody now who practices self-control and for you to practice self-control while you're dating. Along the same lines, the, the next one, the fifth, fifth one is this. Just avoid living together. Okay, avoid living together. There is a way that appears to be right to people, but in the end it leads to death. Okay, now, and again, I get it, okay? If you want to chalk me up to being like the crazy religious guy, right? I understand, after all, what what do you expect the preacher to say other than, than avoid living together, right? I understand. All I'm asking, if you don't believe me, do the research for yourself. There's been tons and tons of research that has been done on this subject, and there is no evidence at all, no evidence at all anywhere that suggests that living together somehow prepares anybody for marriage. In fact, the research says the exact opposite, that couples who live together have a far greater chance of getting divorced. Why? Because the re- and this is the problem about statistics and, and relationships. Nobody wants to make a relational decision based on statistics because we all think we're going to be the exception to the rule. I get that. But I'm telling you, if you, you do the research, here's what you'll discover. Right? Men and women move in together before marriage for two very, very different reasons. Women do it because, generally speaking, women do this um, because they see this as a step towards marriage. Men, however, generally speaking, do this because they're trying to see if they want to stay. It is a very, very, very different perspective, right? So just avoid, avoid, avoid moving in and living together. Last one, and maybe this is the one that you might expect the most. Um, In order to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, right? Listen, you need to be very involved, right? You need to be painfully involved in your church or your campus ministry while you're at college. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices, okay? And hear me on this, okay? Hear me. Being involved is always a sacrifice, always. Doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, always, right? Being involved is always a sacrifice. But those types of sacrifices are, in fact, pleasing to your Heavenly Father. This is such a big deal. Let me tell you why this is so huge. Whenever I meet a young couple, there's always a couple of standard questions I ask. I always ask, where did you meet and how did you meet? 
right? Where did you meet and how did you meet? And so many times, right, so many times uh, the couple responds back to me and they say things like, oh, we met while we were serving in kids ministry. We met while we were serving in student ministry. Um, we met while we were serving in worship or, or serving in production. We met at InterVarsity. We met at his house. We met at crew, right? This is huge. In order to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for, you need to be moving in the same path as the person you're looking for, right? You need to be involved and you need to serve, not because we need volunteers. That has nothing to do with it. It's because when you put yourself into these environments, right, you actually put yourself in a place with people who are looking and trying to become the same kind of person that you're looking and trying to become, right? That's what's happening, Right, because those are all their waves, their trends, their patterns, right? And, and single people, listen, the reason I'm talking about this and the reason this is so important to me, okay, regardless of your past, okay, do you understand? Regardless of what you've done in the past, regardless of what your past is, you get to get this right. Like, do you understand from this point forward, no matter what you've done, you actually get to get this right, you get to be involved, and you get to be able to be in a situation where one day you're going to stand in front of an altar, you're going to look into the eyes of another person, and you're going to be able to give that person a whole and healthy person, and that person's going to be able to give to you a whole and healthy person. Do you understand what that means? And I want that for you. I want that for you so badly. That's why I want you to commit. That's why I want you to prepare to commit. That's all I want you to do is prepare to commit. Prepare to becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Now next week, we're going to be wrapping up our series together. And once again, parents, just fair warning. Um, next week, you want to make sure that your kids, your elementary age kids, are in our elementary, um, elementary kids' rooms, and your teenagers, your young adults, um, you are watching with us, I hope, again next weekend, or you are here with us on the front row. One of the things that has been at the center of the heart of our church for so many years, 40 plus years, is we have a phenomenal group of people who are a part of our staff who are absolutely passionate absolutely passionate. Autumn, Eric, Harry, um, who have literally spent their lives trying to help couples prepare for marriage and for couples who are getting married to launch in, in, into a marriage and into a future that is everything that they're hoping and praying for. If you are engaged, if you are about to be engaged, if you are thinking about getting engaged, or if you've been married in the last 12 months, I highly, highly, highly want to encourage you to sign up for two equals one. The class starts September 18th, and you can register at faithtroy.org forward slash groups. Now, before we pray, um, I once again have three questions that I want to just give to you. And again, I, I hope that you'll ask these questions honestly. Um, even better, I hope that you'll actually talk about these questions with somebody, uh, perhaps a spouse, uh, perhaps somebody that you hope to be your spouse, a small group, uh, maybe even uh, siblings or some friends. But you, can you remember a situation in your own life where you made a well-intentioned promise? 
but you couldn't follow through on that promise. Um, talking about athletics, academics, or professionally. The whole idea that marriage is not dissolved to solve things, not designed to solve things, right? Do you agree or disagree with that statement? And then what is it that you think that's true about marriage that magnifies the good and the bad in a relationship? And then finally, when you think about those six very specific applications about how you can prepare, right, what you can do now to prepare for your future relationship, which one, again, any answer is right, which one is easiest for you personally and which one is hardest, right? And hopefully you can be honest enough to, to share the why behind all of those. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I, I know that um, this message and this whole series, I, I know that it just it lands in so many different places um, because all of us are in different, different ages and circumstances, different stages of life. And, and Jesus, I know that for some of us, uh, w- when we talk about this, um, it's exciting, uh, it's encouraging. For others of us, um, it, it just kind of leaves us torn up. Because we're in a relationship that is struggling or maybe it's just really broken. Jesus, the truth is for some of us, we we desperately love um, this person that we are connected to relationally, maybe that we're married to. Um, But our marriage and our relationship, if we're honest, is just feeling um, some pressure, some really intense pressure from some of these areas that, that we talked about today. Um, and, and we wish, we wish we would have done more to prepare. Father, others of us, um, we hear this and we can't help thinking about this person that we love, this person that we care about so much, this person that, that we've tried to call and email and text that we tried to have conversations with um, because we're just scared. And we don't always say the right things and we don't always act the right way. But we're just we're scared because we just we just see um, we, we see a path and there's danger. Holy Spirit, I pray um, and ask two things today for all of us. Regardless of how and where this lands, um, this is my prayer, Holy Spirit. Is that for all of us that we would be humble enough to hear your words, to hear your promptings, and to submit ourselves to, to, to you, Holy Spirit. For us to submit ourselves perhaps to what it is that you want to say to us. And then secondly, that as scary as it might be, as difficult as it might be, that you would just give us the courage Give us the courage to follow through on what it is that you're leading us to or speaking to our hearts right now. And Jesus, I pray that for all of us, that you would hear us in these next few moments as we personally and silently confess our sin to you.
the good news of, of the gospel is that Heavenly Father, you are the God of the living. You are the God who breathes new life into things that we think are just dead or dying. That you're the God who forgives. You're the God who loves. You're the God who continues, who continues to pour out his love and his forgiveness and his grace into our hearts every day. And so the good news of the gospel is that your sin, it is truly forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.